Now there's a, there's a zookeeper out there. He found one of his monkeys was reading a couple of books. Uh, he was reading the Bible and he was reading Darwin's origin of species. And the zookeeper asked the monkey, said, what, why are you reading those? And the monkey said, I'm trying to find out if I'm my brother's keeper or if I'm my keeper's brother. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. All right, so uh, we'll get started here with creation. Um, creation means original formation or the act of forming. And it's the starting point of faith. If you, uh, if you accept creation God's way, uh, th- then you will accept the whole word of God. You, if you deny uh, the beginning of creation and how it started and who, who did it, then you are in line to deny uh, all of the word of God. Um, it is the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mark ten six says, but from the beginning of, of the creation of God made them male and female. So creation is the origin of all things, and the origin starts with God. Uh, if a person believes this by faith, they can then go on to accept all of God's word by faith. So it is, it is God's act of bringing the universe into existence. Psalm 8, 3 through 4 says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? So I don't know if you've ever done this, but you go outside at night, and on a clear, uh, clear night when the sky is very visible, you can see all the stars. Um, you realize just how big everything really is and how small you are. And this verse, when you, when you think about it, what is man thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? God uh, takes the time to think about you and your life specifically and your needs um, as small as they are to him and as big as they are to you. Uh, it's an amazing thing. So uh, who created everything? We already established that God, he created everything. But how did he do it? Uh, go to Genesis 1-3. Actually, it's right there in your book. You can just look at it. Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Psalm 33, 6 and 9, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them uh, by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So uh, God created everything, but to break it down further, God and three persons accomplished this. Uh, the, the Trinity, all three persons were involved in creation. Uh, if you were to read Genesis 1-2, it says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is working here. Job 26-13, by his Spirit he hath garnished the heavens. That word garnished uh, means to, uh, it means brightness or to glisten. So by God's spirit, he shines the heavens. Uh, that's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, Hebrews 11.3, this, this is a key verse. Uh, let's all go there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It 
It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God created with his word. He spoke it. um, But what else does the Bible say God's word is? Uh, John 1 in chapter 1. And in in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not made anything made that was made. Uh, so, and the word is Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh, right? So God spoke everything with his, uh, through his word. The Father spoke, and it was done, as we read in Psalm 33, uh, verse 9. He commanded, and it stood fast. Uh, so he did it all through his word. And God in three persons did all this, the Spirit and the Father and the Son. So what happened at creation? Uh, We've all been, um, I'm sure we've all heard this many times, but God created everything in six days. So day one, he he created light and he created dark. Notice that's before the the sun and the moon and all those things. Uh, Then day two, the firmament, he created the heavens and the sky. Uh, And then day three, dry land and plants. Then he created the sun, moon, and the stars, fish and the birds, animals, and Adam and Eve. Uh, So let's go to chapter 1 of Genesis, and we'll read verse 31. Uh, Genesis 1.31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold... It was very good. I've never noticed that before. It says very good. It doesn't just say it was good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So everything that God made, it was, it was complete. He didn't leave anything unfinished. And he did it all in six days. And, and he said it was good. And then he rested on day seven. On, on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Uh, so... I want to to emphasize he said it was good Um, and it was it was perfect because it was all of God and and man hadn't gotten involved yet. Right. Man hadn't uh, committed sin yet uh, to taint it yet. Um, And once sin entered, then God cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent that Satan used uh, to tempt Eve. And now every one of every single one of us hates snakes. Right. I think for the most part, it's safe to say some people like snakes out there. Um, but God cursed it. And then Mark thirteen nineteen. this is an interesting verse. For, though, for in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. This is talking about the tribulation period. And basically, there has never been this much trouble in the world at that time. This is the most troublesome time in history. But it is also saying in the beginning of creation, there was there was no trouble at all. It was it was all very good, as God called it. Um, When did creation take place and how long did it take? Uh, Man was created biblically um, when you when you study it about six thousand years ago. And it's really amazing. You can trace uh, the generations back all the way from uh, Jesus to Adam. Uh, You have 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. And 
in between there you had guys like Enoch and Noah and Shem. And then uh, from Abraham to, to Christ, you had another 2,000 years of Isaac and uh, Jacob, Judah, David. Those are some key, key guys there. And then 2,000 years from Christ uh, to today. So that's interesting. There's three 2,000 years. There's a trend. Uh, and then you can find all that in Luke chapter 3. It traces all the generations uh, from Christ to Adam. We won't go over that now. Uh, so about 6,000 years. Uh, God gives us this record to help us to believe in creation. So, I mean, think about that. God preserved his word for all of us. I mean, some of us don't even know uh, three generations back our, our, uh, our uh, relatives, uh, our ancestors. Some, some, some of us might have a, a lengthy lineage there that we know about, but God preserved his word for all of us all the way from Christ to Adam. That's a pretty amazing thing. So uh, why is evolution taught so vigorously? Um, let's all go to Romans for this. Romans chapter 1. And let's read verses 18 through 20 of Romans 1. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So uh, the first reason that evolution is taught is, is to deny the existence of God. They do not acknowledge him as the creator. Um, and creation is God's way to reveal who he is to us. He shows himself through creation. As verse 19 says, He uh, God is manifest uh, manifested through his creation. So they want to deny the existence of God. Um, Creation is believed by faith. Uh, faith is, is, is trusting in things that are not seen, right? It's a, a, sub, a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And as we read in verse 20, um, the things that are made, even his eternal power, uh, they're made from the invisible. Creation is believed by faith. So they don't have any faith, so they deny the existence of God. Ungodliness is a denial of God's existence in thought and action. God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Uh, so, secondly, they want to deny the authority of God. Unrighteousness is a practical denial of God's authority by way of disobedience. If man can convince himself that God is not creator... He can also convince himself he is not accountable to God as his judge. So, as I said earlier, faith is the evidence of things not seen. There is something behind what I can see. Uh, there is a creator behind the trees and the skies that you look at every day. And most men, they practice, as we read earlier, ungodliness and unrighteousness through their ideas and their lifestyle. 
so that if they can deny the existence of God, they can deny his authority. And as the Bible says, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So if they can deny uh, God's existence, uh, then they don't have to account to him as their, as their final judge uh, when this life is over. Um, to escape that accountability, uh, and they deny him in their own mind. This is in their mind. It's not reality. And their foolish hearts are darkened, as verse 23 goes on to say. Uh, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Uh, the world loves the world. The world loves uh, all that God made. They don't love the, the God that made it. They're so focused on uh, man and their physical needs that they lost out on God and their, and their spiritual needs. Uh, all right, so... They also want to misdirect the God-given gift of faith and redirect it to evolution. Uh, go, to, go to verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Uh, and then there's that verse, Hebrews 11:3. So the measure of faith enables us to believe in God because of the evidence of creation, so it all, it all starts with faith. Uh, as we, it just keeps coming back to faith every time. Um, Hebrews eleven three, taken in faith, disproves evolution and the Big Bang theory, uh, because those are ideas are all uh, about what we see has originated from other things that we see. Uh, so, as we read earlier, this all took place about six thousand years ago. Evolution. Would to say anybody have a guess on what they would say? When did it start? It's, it's they say about thirteen point eight billion years uh, ago. Um, I can't. Even, my mind doesn't even fathom that. I don't know how they came up with that number. But uh, so the Bible says things were not are, that we see are not made from the things we see. It was made by the eternal Godhead, which none of us have ever seen. Uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says, if a person has faith, they will be convinced of God and his creation. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Uh, a person without faith cannot approach God. They, they cannot come to God. It's not possible if they do not have uh, faith. Anyone that accepts evolution cannot uh, come to God because they do not have faith. Um. What does creation teach us? It teaches us the attributes of God. For example, he is powerful. And that verse there in Colossians, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Uh, God, that word, it means supreme. Uh, he is above all. It means the strong one. He is omnipotent. He can do all things. Uh, he is not limited to anything. Uh, universally sovereign is another way to put it. So the greatness of creation points us to God. Uh, when we see the extent of it and the depth of it, uh, we are in awe. 
I've seen, you know, we've all probably seen planet Earth and, and just the sea life one alone, everything that goes on underwater, the things that we don't ever see, uh, is that enough is, is very overwhelming. All that goes on in the ocean. Uh, and that's just one part of creation. Uh, some of my favorite passages in the Bible are at the end of Job, where Job and God are, are going back and forth and they're responding to each other. Really amazing uh, passages in there. But God makes a statement to Job. He says, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put an hook into his nose? So everybody that likes to go fishing, you know, you, you, you cast your line out and you, you feel something heavy. It's, uh, it's too much for you to pull in because you, you hooked a tree. <laughs> That's probably why. Uh, God, he's saying, if you were to hook Leviathan, would you be able to turn his head? Um, and the answer is no. Can, can man do any of these things? Can, can, basically, can man handle Satan is what God is saying. Are you able to uh, handle Satan? And in God asking this to Job, he's making it known that God can do these things. Uh, Job responds later and he says, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. So creation uh, shows us, his, it, it uh, reveals his power. Next, it teaches us the authority of God. Uh, go to Psalm chapter 24. Passage right after the one we just sang. Psalm 24, verse 1. Uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So the world and all who inhabit it belongs to God. Uh, like the song, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't think it's in our songbook, but it's a good song. Um, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed thee in the, in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. So... That tells us because he made us, God made each and every one of us, he basically owns us. Uh, it says a builder has the authority to determine the purpose and the use of his design. So it's all about God's authority. Uh, and next, creation teaches us to trust in God. Uh, go over to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 5. This shows us just how dependable creation is. It, it doesn't change. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. So God's creation, uh, it shows us his glory and his reliability throughout creation. The sun will always rise and the sun will always uh, go down. The, the seasons follow one another, right? You're not going to have winter follow spring, hopefully. I know Texas, the weather is, is pretty crazy. You can have... Uh, spring, fall, and, and, and winter and summer all on the same day sometimes. But for the most part, uh, summer's going to come after spring, fall after summer. Uh, and the wind's always going to be blowing. 
the rivers are always going to be uh, flowing into the sea. We can trust God uh, because of his reliability in creation and his consistency. Uh, next, uh, creation prepares us to receive and to respond to the word of God. Uh, we're not going to read all of uh, Psalm chapter 19, uh, but Psalm 19, uh, the first six verses, it teaches us the power and the effect of creation on man. And if we were to be honest, creation does influence man. The weather influences man. Um, Where you live. Uh, Some people live in a specific spot because they like that part of creation. If you like the mountains, you're going to live in Colorado. Uh, If you like the desert, you might live down here. Uh, Everybody is influenced by creation. Um, It does have a draw to it. We all need fresh air at times, right? For those of us that work inside, you might just say, I need to get step outside and get a breath of fresh air. There's a reason for that. Maybe you're stressed out. Uh, Who doesn't appreciate a view of the mountains or or the forest? Um, And for all those uh, outdoor hippie types, I know you like to call them the granola eaters. He he likes to call them the, the granola eaters. Um, or the tree huggers, we've all heard that term as well. So they're, they're basically just appreciating creation, uh, but they do not uh, have the right perspective that. They don't give God his glory as creator. Uh, we've all heard people call it Mother Nature. That, that term has always bothered me. Um, you know, the, what, you turn the news on, the weatherman talks about Mother Nature did it again. Uh, no, that, that's a very foolish statement to make. Uh, it's God that did that. Uh, So, why did God create us? Uh, He created us for his glory. Isaiah 43, 7, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Uh, And then in Daniel's life, we all know that he had a more excellent spirit, and it was very noticeable. Um, The king noticed it, and it was better than everybody else's. And so when... uh, we have a spirit like Daniel's. Uh, it's not just because of us; it's because of God. And when people recognize that, that can—that's uh, a good testimony, and that can point others to God through your lifestyle. And we give Him glory when He is recognized uh, in that way. Uh, let's look at Psalm chapter one thirty-nine. Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So a person that recognizes they're fearfully and wonderfully made will bring glory to God because they're more likely to live for that purpose that they are made. They're going to live uh, for that calling on the, that God has placed on their life. They're going to have that more excellent spirit like Daniel. And God will get uh, his glory, which is one reason why he created us. Uh, Next, uh, he created us for his plan. Um, That that passage in Ephesians, if you've been coming on Wednesday nights, we've been talking a lot about this. Um, He created us for his plan. Verse 5 says, having predestinated us, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 
Uh, and if you want to go over to Genesis chapter 1 again. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. There's that R. We're talking about the Godhead was a part of creation. He's talking about all three. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, he, him, male and female, uh, created he them. So he created us because he wanted us to be a part of his, uh, his plan. God has a will. And God's way of carrying out his will on earth is through men. It's, it's through each of us. We are, we are a tool to carry out the will of God on this earth. Uh, next, he created us for his fellowship. And this, this, this should be exciting for everyone. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So we're not just a, a tool that he uses for his plan. Uh, he doesn't just use you and abuse you. Uh, he, he loves you, and he wants a good relationship with you. Uh, go to go to First John chapter one. First John one seven. We quote this a lot, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin so we're created because uh, he wanted a, a relationship with each one of us and he desires it he desires your attention and your and he desires our praise and he desires our time and he desires it so much that he sent his own son uh, to be the bridge between man and God uh, he went out of his way for us to have access to this relationship, just to have a chance at the relationship. And he wants that relationship to be quality. So an understanding of creation does several things for the Christian. It allows the foundation of our faith to be laid. We said earlier, it's the starting point of faith. We know where everything came from and who it came from. It also provides a constant reminder of God's detailed design and his plan for us Individually, God is very intentional with his creation. Uh, he used his wisdom to do it all. And the same applies with our lives. He's very intentional with your life. And um, it causes us to feel loved by our creator with the beauty we experience each day. Every aspect of creation testifies of the wonder and power of our creator and redeemer. So... Uh, I do believe that God uh, loves his creation um, and that he wants us to have dominion over it and to steward it well. He doesn't want want us to uh, do anything unwise. And it's, it's not difficult for me to, to love creation. I, I love wildlife. My job revolves around wildlife, actually. Uh, I, I love the land that he made. I love the mountains and the beaches and, and all, most of the animals. Uh, <laughs> most of them, uh, cattle and fish. Um, but 
the, the, doing this lesson was convicting for me because I said it is very easy for me to love those things, but that's not the part of creation that God loves the most. Uh, man is his most valued part of creation. He loves it more than, than the cattle and the fish. Uh, we, he is his ultimate creation, and he wants us to love man as much as, as uh, he does. It is our purpose, as we talked about, to point man to Christ. Not, to, not just to play with God's beautiful earth or, or to work with it. Uh, he is willing that none should perish, and we should feel the same way. Uh, man is his creation, and man can be frustrating, right? Um, all of us are frustrating to God, I'm sure. He has, he has to deal with it and manage it and put up with it. Uh, so... That's, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Man is part is a part of God's creation. Yes, you, we should love uh, as all the things that God made in those six days, the, the sky and, and all those things, but we should love man even more so because that, uh, God does. So I will leave it at that.